Happening, everyone. Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Dogbot. What's up? Howdy, y'all. Howdy. And finally, back on the show, Reinhard von Krieger. What's happening, man? Not much. Um, I can't really call what I had a vacation in any way whatsoever, but I'm glad to be back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, being lost for as long as you've been lost, it's, it sucks. I get it. We're glad you're back. Yeah, I traveled 3,000 miles within like 12 hours, dude. It was weird. Well, you know, it's like a missing 411 thing. Like, first you were here, and you woke up three days later, and you're here, you know, like thousands of miles away. But at least your clothes were on, right? You didn't, you didn't like, end up in another that place. That is true, and, and I'm not suddenly, like... Yeah, that's true, and I'm, I'm suddenly not, like, in my 50s or anything. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's happened too. Um, we were worried we have. Bleh, we were worried we were going to have to call David Polites for a second, but well, he would just speculate as to what would have happened to Ryan Hart. He wouldn't have like given us actually <laughs> any, anything concrete to go on. He would have just explained how all these circumstances are very weird. Right. Oof. Right. <laughs> he's very good at. He's very good at not giving you anything. I, I I love listening to his interviews and stuff, and I I, I, I wish I had a couple of his books. But um. I gotta say, it's it's disappointing listening to him with George Norrie on uh, on Coast to Coast. Man, if if he could have been with Art Bell more, ugh. Yeah, I, Art might have gotten something out of him eventually. Yeah, he he actually might have George. Uh, what do you call him, George Snorri? Mm-hmm. He um. Man, you you get absolutely nothing. You get some creepy stories, but you get nothing in the way of like what could have actually happened here. Yeah. And then within like five minutes of listening to a you know a normie Bigfoot podcast, they're already speculating if uh, you know demonic Bigfoot is opening portals when he's stealing kids, and that's why all these people are dis- disappearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Bigfoot might have that teleportation you know ability. He had something like that on the Six Million Dollar Man. You know, these were just like little revelations of the method in Hollywood. Or were they? Who knows? Could just be TV making stuff up. But um, yeah, we're glad you um, didn't get one missing 411. Oh, go ahead, Dog Bottom. One sorry. of my favorite da- David Pilates interviews that I've heard recently was him discussing missing 411 cases in urban areas and some of the really bizarre circumstances around some of these deaths in urban areas. Really? Dude, uh, yeah, he's been focusing on England, actually, over the past couple of years, at least the last that I knew. Um, guys in, like, Manchester, England, specifically, uh, guys would be hanging out, like, at a pub, and somebody would go to use the bathroom and just not come back. They'd find him several days later, face down in the Manchester Canal, in three feet of water that they had supposedly drowned in. Hmm. Right, and there, there's a case with this woman, a uh, very popular 
video of her freaking out on an elevator and her, you know, gesticulating and acting very weird as if something is coming. And then they found her a few days later floating up in the water tank on t- on the roof of the hotel that she was staying in. And this is like a hotel that's famous to be. Oh, we did this. Uh, yeah, that's haunted. That is. Um, oh, shit. I can't remember her name now. <sighs> it's like Amy Lee or something like that. She's Asian. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hotel yeah. in California really, in, really in Los Angeles. Bizarre circumstances. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We, did, we talked about this in season two. Damn it. I can't remember her name now. Anyway. Oh, now I do remember that. Yeah. yeah on the first Missing 411 mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. There was a. Um, no, it wasn't. A, this isn't even a Missing 411 thing. This is just a woman in an elevator. She's on camera, like the door opens, and she's like, well, like making hand motions and stuff, gesticulating. And uh, then she's gone. And then they find her a few days later in a water tank, like on the roof. Yeah. Like how she would have even gotten in there is truly. Yeah. Everything about yeah, that there, story. There's no, there's, there's no way to, there's no way to really uh, just hop up there and take a bath, you know? No. Well, yeah. And even, even if, you know, somebody had murdered her and put her up there. Like they found no evidence to my knowledge. Like they, they couldn't charge anybody with that. It was, it was truly a bizarre case. But anyway, the, it was a, it was an interesting interview I'd heard with him, uh, where he was talking about urban cases. And I, I don't know. I find, I find the guy's interviews and his, uh, information compelling. I just, I, I wish we could get to the bottom of like what's actually <laughs> well, happening. The thing is, yeah. if he if he gets to the bottom of it, that's the end of his his show. Yeah, that is also true. That's the end of his books. That's the end of his movie deal. Yeah, and I I, I try to cut him some slack. I, I, his son died while they were filming his last movie mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he's just oh. kind of like stepped back from the the spotlight a little bit. But um. Yeah, I that was that always frustrated me too. It was it was the same thing as like when I was growing up and I was just getting into things like giants and you know how fantastical this world really is. And I started out on the History Channel and it's it's the same thing. It's like they'll give you all this compelling information and then just kind of string you along and tell you, well, we don't really know. Or they do the thing where they, they, they never they ask get to you, a conclusion. Yeah, they don't get to a conclusion. They say, well, you know, what what do you think? What could it be? And that's the end of the show. They right. leave. They leave. They leave you. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of those shows, there's a. Um, I saw it was posted in our chat yesterday. Apparently, there's a website called Cameo where you can uh, pay. You can like subscribe and pay people, like famous people, to do personalized videos for you. Sure. And Giorgio Sukalos from Ancient Aliens got on there. And oh, he was like, yeah, if you, you know, you want to send anything in and if it's a positive message, let's, uh, you know, I can push something out for you. Wow. Somebody said we should get him on or get him to do a paranormal. Yeah, I saw cameo. that. Why? So we could just talk shit about his hair. Yeah, exactly. We would just roast him the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Record it real quick before he quits the call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he'd last. He committed. He'd make it like. Five minutes. We put that out as an entire weekend episode. Right. It's like 15 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) It's our interview with Giorgio Sucolos. But now, to be fair, like people have trolled the cameo people quite a bit. 
Um, a friend of mine, true. a friend of a friend of ours, a friend of the show, anyways, uh, got Rachel Dolezal to send out um, send out shout outs to a bunch of people in this group chat <laughs> that we were all in. It was pretty funny. Wow. And, yeah. I wonder how she's doing right now. Um, she's doing cameos. So I don't know. I guess yeah. the being black thing didn't work out as well as she thought. Not as well as it's working out for um for Sean, Sean King. King. Yeah. Yes. Talcum X. Man. Talcum X is one of the best insult nicknames mm-hmm. for anybody. I ever. was there. It I, really is. I was there when it was created. That was all. That was awesome yeah. when we got that shit started. Hashtag Talcum X, and it was just like, and then it, it didn't take much for like the normies to be like, "That's perfect." Like the normies that were figuring out that he was white. <laughs> I've been it blocked always, by him. It always, he always cracked me up because he looked identical to this DJ that I used to know, who was of Polish descent, and I, I was like, "There's no way that's Eric." I knew a white kid There's named no Robbie that, that looked just like him. him. Like, yeah, I, I, I was like, I, I was like, I was trying to do the math of my head on how old Sean King was saying he was and how old this Eric guy was, and I'm like, <laughs> man, and and and, <laughs> and this this DJ guy I knew he used to try to like, you know, he kind of kind of acted like he was black, you know, yeah. and like. I'm like, but how far could you take it, right? You're like the you're like the meme of the woman with all the math calculations around her, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. It, 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 I, I was like, I was like, man, wouldn't that be something if if I had the juice on on who Talcum X really was? But it it, it wasn't. It was no. it wasn't him. But when you look at pictures of his family members, mm-hmm. you're like, ah, come on. Oh yeah, Stop. dude. Yeah. When you see the pictures of his parents. And they're both like the dad was light brown hair when he was younger. He's he's white haired now, but like the mom was blonde haired, blue eyes. His brothers, both of his brothers are like red. One of them has red hair and green eyes. Like how white of a family are you? You know what I mean? That's like the rarest (laughs) red hair and green eyes. I'd love to see that 23 in me. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Corner of Northern Europe and maybe a little bit Iberian. (laughs) (laughs) This kid I went to, this kid I went to high school with Robbie looked exactly like him. He didn't have the chin strap beard because that hadn't been perfected until the 2010s or the the aughts. But uh, he was exactly that pencil mustache, like lined up really tight, like wanted to be black, but was definitely like probably French, maybe a little Iberian and English. Probably. You know what I mean? That like perfect, that perfect black people fade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is yep. a white, this is a oh, white yeah. kid from Newington, Connecticut. So I knew a Greek kid who was just like that. And he wasn't like, like black Greek. He was, he was full on white and yeah, he did the same thing. The fade, the pencil, <laughs> pencil beard, everything. <laughs> uh, it's a travesty. Robbie used to color in, Robbie used to color in his beard with, uh, with with eyebrow pencil and we used to make fun of him for it i remember that <laughs> that's hilarious holy crap that's, well it you know wow yeah when you're trying to look black you got to have the beard on point i guess so anyway um why how do we get to sean king i said rachel dolezal oh yeah rachel dolezal rachel dolezal did yes a cameo for some friends of mine and i thought that was hilarious um 
That is pretty funny. Yeah, and remember Brett Favre did the one where uh, he gave a, a thing to the to the the crew of the USS Liberty, and he got in trouble for that. And did he, oh yeah, he, he had to like make an apology and like he had to like go he had to like go kiss the wall. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta be careful with the cameos, but you you also have to know that uh, these are broke celebrities. Okay. These celebrities are broke if they're doing things that you can buy for 50 bucks, 80 bucks. No, it's true. Um, you know, I was, I was just about to bring up the uh, the Tom Brady thing. It wasn't a cameo, but <clears throat> Tom Brady was just revealing that uh, he attributed his success to his uh, tranny wife's rituals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said it many times. My wife does. She's a witch. Oh, yeah. She's a witch. <laughs> and they make jokes out of it. Yeah, she's a witch. He, well, he he quoted her. He he said, uh, you know, she told me the other day, he's like, you're lucky that you're married to a witch, and you're doubly lucky that I'm a good witch. And he's like, yeah, I'm wearing the crystal right now. And he pulls it out. I'm wearing the medallion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's. Isn't know, that just? He's gotten really far. Isn't that just kitschy? I mean, like, yeah. how how cool is he? He's married to a witch. Isn't that cool? You know, she's like a witch. It's so cool. No, there's nothing well, the cool the uh, the 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 ongoing joke in sports ball is when he retired this year. Uh, he had a few, you know, a few months around her and the kids, and he was like, "Oh no, fuck this!" And that's why he came out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe he's got to do the bit like um, he's got to do the bit like Bob Dylan, you know. Maybe they're like a cult contracted. Yeah, they do. They do I, the same thing as the military. Even when you retire, you're still eligible for like eight years for them to bring you back. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I, I really <laughs> thought he was going to go straight into, uh, you know, like sports commentary, TV stuff. You know. I thought we. I mean, we're we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to see the guy until until his flesh husk expires. You know? Yeah. Well, have we? I don't know. I don't watch sports anymore, but I'm sure Troy Aikman is still doing it. Oh, totally. Yeah. So he'll, he'll be there until he's a hundred. And Joe Buck. Yeah. Apparently, apparently he left uh, the TV station to do. Uh, I think Amazon or something. What? Like Amazon. like Amazon is getting into sports ball. Oh wow! Uh, viewing really? Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so he didn't leave to do like erectile dysfunction pills. No, he just still does those. those it, that's like side hustle. Those commercials. Yeah. <laughs> every every football announcer, commentator, retired, you know, name whatever, they always do some sort of weird medical commercial. Or, uh, it's, it's testosterone, ED, or uh, the general insurance. The yeah, <laughs> just insurance in general. <laughs> or don't forget, um, don't forget the like the the hair club stuff, like the hair dye one. Oh yeah, <laughs> basically off brand just for men. Right. I remember when they used to do beer commercials when football players would do beer commercials, but now I don't think they have. They can't have pro athletes endorsing alcohol for some reason. Right. They can endorse the shit out of pizza, but no more, no more yeah, Miller Lite commercials. Sell the hell out of some Papa John's, right? <laughs> Poor Papa John. 
Ugh. Anyway, what on I with the show. On that call. What's that? What I would have given to be on that call. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. This has nothing to do with tonight's content. No, no. Oh, we have content. Tonight. Yeah, we have content. It's a content show. It's Friday night. Oh. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah, so, man. Yeah. So I did, um, I know you guys know I did uh, the show, The Learned Editors of Zyklon on Wednesday. Just went over and said hi to, the, to Ambrose and Beerman over there. They say they send yeah. their regards. So, hello, hello. Well, thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Yes. Uh, they're they're cool. Uh, we talked about the mud flood a little bit. They had a show before the one I was just on, and some guy named Killjoy went on there. I think he might actually be in like one of the pool parties that we know or something. Anyway, um, he went on there and talked about mud flood, and of course, a lot of their their listeners don't like that. You know, because erosion, what you can't account for, like erosion, they're a guy. Come on, like learn something about construction. Erosion happens. Okay. But yeah, so. Oh, it, oh it's just erosion. I mean, that's yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we, I'm glad we sorted it all out. Yes. Well, you yes. know one thing can we problem solve? Can we, when, whenever we do get our RSS up very soon, can mm-hmm. we just delete like half of season seven then? So that way we don't make fools of ourselves. Well, we're going to have to. Because otherwise, or season six, uh, season too. six, and yeah, most of season six has to go. Um, I mean, if we're gonna, well, we're gonna redact everything that makes us look stupid. Oh man, that's like we're gonna go way back, man. Yeah. So I'm not gonna do that. So we're just not gonna. Every, everybody new anything. finding us is gonna think of us as a new show. Then. Yeah. No, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna post all the old stuff. So. Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. Uh, I sorry. Mean, I, Go- listen, we, we don't know the absolute answer as to what happened with the mud flood or if there was a great reset or anything like that. But please, you, if 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 you want to be just 100 percent skeptical about it, that nothing ha- nothing untoward happened whatsoever, you got to hit hit something better than erosion. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, 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 I really under, I, I understand why someone would want to be 100% skeptical that nothing untoward occurred whenever these buildings were actually built. I get it. You know, because you don't want to, you don't want to believe that our skills and capabilities have degraded on such a level, but just, the official narratives wrapped around the creation of some of these things and what you're, it, what you're staring at in your face is just, uh, something doesn't add up. Right. And it's, it's more than just something. A lot of things don't add up when it comes to this. Just for example, um, Reinhardt, was it you that posted it? The pictures of Moscow all lit up in the 1800s? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I had never seen that before. Never seen those pictures. Yeah, um, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about lit up like the Chicago World's Fair, like Paris. Well, yeah, and I I go back actually I clicked on it back to the Awakened Species uh, Telegram channel, and they had one right before it, Frankfurt, Germany, 1742. I'm going to put this in the uh, in our chat, our uh, small chat here. Go look at that, and it's. On the document, the date is 1742, supposed to be Germany. Interesting that it has the 
Russian double eagle. But dude, it may be a drawing, but the city's illuminated yes. in 1742. Well, I mean, obviously, it's just um, a work of fiction. They're uh, fictionalizing, uh, conceptualizing uh, future illumination projects. See, well, steam steampunk yeah. obviously goes back to the 1600s, right? As far as we know, I mean, well, you know, steampunk technology and fantasy—that genre—they had fan fiction way back then. Mm-hmm. Right. Clearly. Clearly. Right. Well, no, dude. I mean, like, just like, just like they've found transgender bones, um, you know, that were prehistoric. What was that tweet you posted today? DB, you're like the 15th person I've seen have that, that tweet. Which one? The one where the, the, uh, the troon was saying that they were like, see, they found transgender bones in the past and it's blah blah that just means transgenders have been around forever was that was that the trans yes. viking thing is uh here it is yeah you know this is pretty funny because they've already found transgender skeletons no really there are several skeletons found they were altered pre-death to closer resemble the opposite sex of skeleton and you know what the archaeologists did they pulled in an expert on gender transition surgeries to examine those changes like dude they literally proved transgender surgery existed centuries ago. No, that's retconning. And this guy, breast milk enjoyer, can, great handle. Yeah, can you imagine the? Can you imagine the freaking troll Jew that they dragged in, like like with his hands rubbing together to go? Oh yeah, they definitely were reassigning each other's genders. Right. He's so, looking you know, over like, at this blue haired like, lesbian. Oh like, so. God, look right. at all the reassignment. Oh, oh they were man. doing this in the 300 BC. No, okay. Oh, they weren't even using the finest scalpels either. <laughs> they were using obsidian blades. <laughs> see, oh, that's ow. see, that's actually why the Israelites went into Canaan and genocided all the people because all the people had figured out transgenderism. Right. So that's let why me. T- they did so it. what Breast Milk Enjoyer says, he quote tweets us or screenshot or whatever. He says, the Redditor finds evidence of prehistoric torture and mutilation of tribal enemies, mistakes this for gender-bending trune surgery. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can give you examples from like 75 years ago of gender mutilation. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 75 years, but not like, you know, archaeologists being involved. Like, you know, um... What's an Emil Hirsch? That's <laughs> that's, oh. that's different Jew, but um, Magnus Her- Hirschfeld. Magnus Hirschfeld, yeah, yeah. Emil Hirsch was the dad. Was uh, Bill Bill Pullman? He was uh, Gold Jeff Goldblum's dad in Independence Day, right? Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, he's yeah. the he's, he's the Jew from Taxi from the show Taxi. That wasn't it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And when I oh, he was Bill Pullman. I thought he was. No, he was Jeff Goldblum's dad. That was, he was Jeff the Goldblum's. Dad. Yeah. I was like, that I wouldn't said, have made any sense. No, that's why I was like, the the name that came to me was Pullman, but I meant Goldblum. Right. Remember yeah, when they're all sitting down guy. to pray? Because Jews do that. He's on Taxi. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's from Taxi. Yeah. 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 I used to watch that with my with with uh, with my stepmom and my mom both watched that show. So what I, I remember, what I found funny long. is, is Emil Hirsch was also a founding member of the NAACP. No. Yeah, that's how, see, 
I know Emil Hirsch, the actor, but that's how I know Emil Hirsch. <laughs> from the NAACP. Well, which also, is funny. Also, he was from all a those writer for the attended. Jewish Encyclopedia. Right. Well, he's extremely Jewish, and he's probably an or, like an ordained rabbi. I would say, I mean, at least something. But he's uh, it was it was yeah. But no, in that scene in, in Independence Day where they're all sitting around holding hands and like because Jews sit around and pray when something bad happens, and and the, and the what was it the president's guy comes in there is like. He's like, you want to pray with us? He's like, oh, I'm not Jewish. And then he looks at him. He's like, ah, nobody's perfect. Ah. <laughs> i throw that in there. Of course. You guys know how, like, Independence Day is basically the story of the Jew, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. You have the little David fighting against the Goliath. You know, that whole, like, the 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 little guy over overpowering, you know, the, the nerd getting the girl, the the little guy beating the big guy. With the help uh, of the cucked black dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Humans beating aliens with F-16s. Yeah. Yeah. You got, Which you got Randy human Quaid. Women, human women crashed in the South China Sea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, we got a woman crashing a $2 billion jet. We got uh, a tranny admiral winning woman being on the top 10 women of the year uh we got what else we got we got the commander in chief who can't even say one word <laughs> that, that was really dude, uh, dude um, i don't that was bad i don't i, I don't know are we saving that for tuesday no i mean there's no reason to we can't it will it's so over by tuesday at that point do you want to play it because it's really <laughs> it's hilarious yeah it's in the Telegram, right? Yeah, I can open yeah. it back up. But, Total silver alert president moment. Right. This is well. See, this is where you go. Uh, he's definitely a real person, right? He's a it's a short circuiting born. clone. He was definitely born in, in some in fashion. something in a, <laughs> in a vat somewhere. Yeah. Like all right. Like so. This is this is what happened. I'm just going to play this. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling what? with him. That's when traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Okay. That's what we're saying. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, so well, here's Are what he you said. Are kidding me? It's no, no, here's so what he said. Wait, what he, so what he said was, um, America is one word. And then he started to say that in the foothills of the Himalayas was Xi Jinping, but it came out. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. But then he <laughs> like said, he felt a, it was like he felt a trickle of warm shit <laughs> dribbling down his leg. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> or no. Yeah. Or something. He just lost, lost all track of everything but then he said he traveled 170,000 miles when he was vice president um but don't but across, I don't know that across the Himalayas yeah I was like don't I don't know that for sure he's like I don't know that I was like what the fuck yeah this <laughs> so they're doing the bit now with him where he's um he's said things and people have like 
redacted what he, or recanted what he said. Saki has had to be like, no, no, we're not advocating for regime change. You know, uh, no, when, no, we're not advocating for pedophilia. But the best way forward is for teachers to right. forcibly transition kids without their parents' knowledge. Well, I mean, based- bro, bro, you have no idea where I've even been. I've, I've been like in fifteen thousand miles with Xi Jinping. In the foothills of the Himalayas, man. You have no idea. I was there with Corn Pop. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Okay, so uh, Corn Pop was at, was, at the, um, was at the White House the other day, and he gave a speech in which he mentioned himself 33 times. Nice. Obama, yeah. But, and, but everybody that was there was extremely excited to talk to Obama. Um, and it seemed nobody was talking to the actual president and right. he just kind of wandered around. He wandered around like, like a lost puppy, you know, like, and he even put it like, it went to interrupt a conversation with Obama, put his hand on Obama's shoulder. Obama didn't flinch. Matter of fact, didn't stop speaking and actually stepped forward out of Biden's grip on his shoulder to shake another person's hand. Like, you well, know what I mean? Obama does not like feeling uh, just like anybody wouldn't like it. They don't like feeling a robotic hand come out of come out of the darkness onto their shoulder. They they don't like that feeling of the the kind of over clenching that goes on. So you're saying that was a strange. robot? They're just ignoring the robot walking around the room. I don't know, man. All all I know is I saw on Telegram the uh, the video going around of the robot that's waking up, and it's it's. You know, it wakes up. Obviously, the thing has like a black designed face. The thing has massive lips and it's looking around and it looks at its hands and it's it's, you know, uh, pinching all of its fingers and just kind of overextending. I'm thinking, well, you know, they could shove in they could shove an old Jim Carrey on this, an old like post stroke Jim Carrey mask. I, and that I'm, would tell- work. I, I'm telling you when I dubbed him the silver alert president it's for moments like that footage it's right. weird it's, just, it's beyond like but, justin trudeau getting snubbed at an international meeting which is still funny right. yeah he would get funny. lost in a walmart he yeah. would but the, the thing is though if he is actually uh, th- that scene with obama it looks like obama was you know the important person in the room you know and this thing is not this guy is not important um well, Even it was Obama's 10th anniversary for signing his Obamacare thing. So Obama was, you know, feeling his homosexual loads. Sure. You can still keep your health care for AIDS. I guess. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's, I think, I think that whoever the, this, this person is also this, he's standing there with, with uh, Kamala and Ketanji Brown, the new, um, Supreme Court Justice. Yes, they're, the new pedophile in chief. Yeah, so they're clearly standing. Oh, she's not a pedophile, but she's lenient on pedophiles. There's a difference. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, it stops there. It stops. No, at I mean, I'm just saying that's like she's. Yeah, she's. You know, she she still put them in prison. She's never she's never acquitted anybody. She's just been lenient on them, which is still. Oh, sorry. She's weird. only put them in prison for like three months because doing it online right. is better than doing it right, in person. Right, 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 right. Um. Anyway, this, this is like a whole other argument. I don't really care. Like she's. Do you like really? 
She's a demon. Are you surprised? Right. <laughs> are you surprised? Oh, oh, she's lenient on pedophiles. Okay, you're you're surprised. Any of this is surprising. None of this should be surprising. Um, but they're clearly in front of a green screen, and the podium looks like the podium they use for Saturday Night Live. It's like cheap. Dude, you know, that was the first thing I noticed yeah. watching that video. I was like, okay, this is definitely in front of a green screen. Mm. I mean, anybody listening, please go look it up. If you're on Telegram, it's pretty easy to find it. It is a green screen. A lot of people are laughing at this, yes. So. It's completely fake. Yeah. Just like everything Joe Biden does on video. I mean, even the supposedly candid thing of, uh, of him walking through and pushing the mic away with his hand in front of the microphone and the supposed background. Right, right, and all, yeah, and that where his hand went through, and then he would like said the thing and walk towards the helicopter. Yeah, and clip through it a little bit. Yep, and all that whole it's, that whole thing. See, all of that stuff is meant to be like conspiracy candy. So, like you know, we're analyzing that, and but but obviously, I mean, it's obviously fake, you know, and and they have to know that people are going to see it, so it has to be put out there for a reason, purposefully. Just well, like, I think that's what's did you guys talk about on, on Tuesday the Disney groomer stuff? You did, right? The Disney um, what stuff? The the whole groomer thing with Disney? Not really. Not really. Not really. No, no but I, I, I do think that that is the same thing. We're meant to be talking about that, to be angry about that. Disney's pedophile, all that stuff that we've been talking about for years. Mm-hmm. Meant to be talking about that when we're looking at things like uh, the the U.S. dollar is now worth like what a hundred Russian rubles, seventy two or something seventy two. Yeah, we're meant to be looking at Disney instead of things like that. Um, but again, it's all contrived. All of it, the Russian ruble, Disney, mm-hmm. everything is scripted. Oh no, but Reinhard, don't you know that that Putin gives me the feeling that he he's he's not, you know really in on it and he's really not going along and Putin's really just doing things that just, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's definitely pushing against the agenda, you know? Okay. <laughs> anyway, we, are we going to talk about we, Louisiana? Yeah. We kind of yeah. gave, we kind of, we kind of gave, just wondering. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of promise. stuff's been going on. A lot of stuff's been going on. Anyway, we started off, we mentioned Bigfoot earlier in the episode and David Pilates and, or do we just mention David Pilates? David Pilates does Bigfoot as well. You know where Bigfoot is seen a lot? In Louisiana. The swamps. <laughs> the swamps. The swamp. Yes. So let's go back to Louisiana and let's talk about Bigfoot in the swamps. Yeah, so we all know Bigfoot is seen not just on every continent, but he's seen in in most American states. I, I mean, I don't know exactly how many states have had sightings, but I would bet my life that most, if not all, have had at least one. And in Louisiana, there are almost hundreds um, that just kind of go unnoticed. Like people think of Louisiana and they they think of like voodoo. Um, maybe they definitely don't think of other things we're going to talk about. <clears throat> and they think of like reptiles, that kind of thing. 
but Bigfoot is one that kind of goes under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinks of like Bigfoot up in Washington and Oregon and, you know, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, sometimes Missouri, we did it. We did an episode with um, Bigfoot in Missouri in Texas. You know, uh, Bigfoot has been spotted in Texas. Florida as well. You've Florida, got the, yep. uh, what they call the skunk ape. Yeah, that's I. You know, that could be actually an ape, but could likely be a type of big f- feet. Um, but in this, in this, yeah, in this, the Pelican State of Louisiana. I did not know it was called the Pelican State until today. <laughs> um, yeah, Bigfoot, Bigfoot spotted quite a bit. I didn't. I did not know that. And now and there are other swamp monsters, though. That is not just Bigfoot, right? Right. They they don't hold the same qualities. Um, kind of like the ape man ish qualities. They actually hold more of like what you think of a swamp monster, right? It's covered in like this mildew, just musky uh, vegetation, plants, uh, twigs, and things. Still very large, has this weird wet smell of death. I don't know. It's very, very awkward. They call it the Grunch. Oh, yeah, the, the Grunch. Grunch. That's a great name. <laughs> Isn't it? I got to hand it to Louisiana. They they got some decent names for stuff. They do. Grunch. Like that, the, it, is that not like a nickname that you would give your uh, offensive lineman on your college football team? Yeah. I'm I'm sure LSU has seen that name more than a few times on their jerseys. Yeah. Oh shit, hide the beer. Here comes the grunch. <laughs> 300 pounds white lineman from West Monroe. Right. <laughs> but no, this grunch. Also, I forgot to mention it has a goat head. So uh, this thing okay. Yeah, this thing is covered in basically swamp vegetation and twigs. It's got a goat head and cloven hooves, and it has a reptilian quality to it. So it's like a cross between an alligator, a goat, and an ape. And don't forget the reptile. I said alligator. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. I forgot the alligator. Yeah. yeah. It's man bear pig. It's, it's man, half it's alligator, literal, half, yeah. half ape. Half, it's it's half literal a man bear pig. <laughs> but they're not very tall. They're only like four feet tall. Yeah, that's one that I found a little weird. Anticlimactic. Yeah, you expect, well, I mean, dude, like, uh, if enough of them get a hold of you, is it just one? I mean, like, they... That's that's the thing, yeah, is it's, it's just one that people see. Hmm. So it's a monster lit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is under is under six feet. Well hmm. under six feet. Right, but apparently, apparently it is extremely strong, uh, and... It normally like like attacks by uh bites it on the neck and then just drags you away. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it, interesting. It, in a t- in a in a Tinder in, a, in like a Tinder messaging conversation, it could write all that, but as soon as it gives up the height, uh it's going to get ghosted. <laughs> Is that why so many people get ghosted in Louisiana? Uh for Not feet. the only reason. Um <laughs> <laughs> um the interesting thing here, and we, I mean, we have some stuff on vampires in Louisiana. There's a lot, but this thing actually is able to suck out the blood, apparently, of livestock, 
children, pets, etc., with a single hole in the neck. Not two. Mm. Oh, and I got a well actually here. Um, after Hurricane Katrina in 2005, there was a spate of sightings um, of the creatures. <laughs> so there was several creatures spotted. So now, okay, if these if these things hunt in packs, yeah. that's a lot worse. Yeah. So you have like four of these little monsterlets with huge muscles, right, coming at you with with like a goat head and uh, like alligator claws and teeth, and yeah, yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Fuck a bunch uh, of chimpanzees. Burn like, the entire bayou down. Yeah. Well, you can't because it's a swamp. People have tried. Uh, gas fire. Greek you, fire. You'd need, yeah, you'd need like like literal dragon fire or brimstone, probably. Uh, you could probably get that. Just gotta go. Just I, I don't know, some cave in the middle of the Near East. Convince a dragon to go to Louisiana. Hmm. Show it the crime statistics. It might, it might come over. <laughs> but a lot, a lot of people have have seen these grunch things. Um, more than one person has seen more than one. Uh, I guess some people think they might be related to uh, the chupacabra, but why would you have to say that? I'm just saying that's one of the because th- it was a line out of an article that I read. So it's an alligator with swamp mange. I mean, it happens. Man bear you know, pig. Like, I mean, let's, let's not let's not judge the poor thing. So yeah, like nobody, cryptid liberals here. <laughs> I mean, nobody knows. Nobody knows. But um, I guess recently they were seen uh, near the New Orleans City Park golf course. So, oh no, that was after Katrina as well. So, those are both in two thousand five. Yeah, a lot of strange things apparently came out of the woodwork after Katrina. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, um, a lot of them ended up in Houston, but yeah. <laughs> Man, there's nothing in Houston. I don't want to hear it. Well, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of blacks. I mean, there's well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot. I mean, I'm not even joking. There's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Ugh. And a lot of New Orleans ended up there. Very sad for Texas. Yeah. Anyway, I guess though, very good for any Creole living in Louisiana. <laughs> sure, sure. But uh, we have more cryptids. Yeah, and you know, yeah. and honestly, you know, we didn't. We we just kind of went right into it. We didn't even say why. Like why we're doing Louisiana again? I mean, I'm, I'm sure if anybody listened last week, you know why we're doing it again. <laughs> we had a because guest I'm on. Back. I had a guest on last week, who's from Louisiana. Yes, who knew nothing about Louisiana. Right, literally knew nothing about Louisiana. He knew more about what was it uh, Arkansas? Uh, I mean that. It's a sort of a stretch in order to even put that on him, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would he, I would say he knew more about like Texarkana, the town. Wow, but that's about the extent of the Arkansas knowledge. Is Arkansas directly? Isn't Arkansas directly on top? 
Yes. Um, okay. That's why it's called Texarkana. It's where all three of those states meet. Okay. All right. Right. There you go. That's yeah. That's what. That's. Yeah. Maybe he knew about the West Memphis Three. I don't know. <laughs> no. No. Oh, he didn't. Like, oh no. Let's 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 not ascribe capabilities to this gentleman <laughs> that did not exist. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He admitted he came ill prepared. He admitted he came ill prepared. Anyway, <laughs> ill 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 prepared ill prepared implies some actual effort for preparation. <laughs> it implies did, that, went, a, that went to awry somehow. A modicum right? of preparedness that yeah. Right. <laughs> that like, somehow somehow took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Like I'm sorry, I was the I was in the middle of preparing for this episode that I knew I was going to be on, and I was going down all these different rabbit holes, and I just went down completely wrong rabbit. No, that implies some effort was made at all towards preparation oh for God. the episode. He was all right, on. well, let's put some effort into talking about some more cryptids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do we want to do we want to head for the larger? Do we want to go from like the the monster lit to the basic basically giant? Of the swamps, the Rougarou. I was gonna say, if we talked about pygmies, it would be automatically larger than the Grunch. <laughs> I mean, there is that, but yeah, we have the we have the Rougarou, and it's it's easy to call this thing the Cajun werewolf. It it really is, but there are some differences. Sure. Uh, number one, it's ten feet tall. Yeah, this thing is a monster. Yes. Um, well, that's not a monster lit. That's for sure. No, that is nope. a. It's a giant monster. It's a big fucking monster. Okay. But this thing is not just a person who turns into a wolf. This thing is a man from basically the chest or shoulders down. And they do have like extra hair that grows all over their body. But the top up, so the shoulders up, is a wolf or a dog head. So to me, that's even creepier. Dude, you see this ripped muscular hairy human body and this disgustingly demonic wolf head on top yeah i mean that would scare the living bejesus out of me yeah um, this thing's this so it can change shape too it's not doesn't just it's not just a werewolf this thing supposedly can change shapes into um a were pig were cattle or even a were crane this is from the mysteriousuniverse.com or dot you know, org. I think it'd be, me. I think it'd be much worse if this thing could turn itself into like a were goose, a were crane, yeah, or a were goose. I mean, just turn itself into a goose. That's bad enough. That's horrible. Yes, but the com- <laughs> the most common, yeah. They say that it has it has several forms, but uh, the most common being um, that it's a curse that has to be transform transferred, excuse me, to another person. By drawing blood within 101 days, and it can only be broken through passing it on to others. Hmm. Well, yeah, that that's the thing. If um, if somebody, well, it it isn't broken by passing it on. It's actually broken by not. If you learn the identity of a Rougarou, it could be somebody living five, you know, five houses down the road. If you learn their identity, you have 101 days. You have to keep that secret forever, actually. But if within that 101 days you reveal that secret, then you are cursed. Huh. 
Yeah, that was something interesting I learned actually on my drive cross country. Um, and went into uh, quite a bit about the Rougarou. Um, yeah, there, there are several stories of people that came forward later in life, and they would never tell the name ever. But they would always say, I knew who this was. They were very you know, very prevalent in my family life, in my uh, town's life, whatever. Um, and they bit me. And when they changed back, you know, they, they basically put their finger up to their mouth and, you know, said, shh, if you tell anybody, you know, the curse is yours. And hmm. they would see this person day after day after day. And it would just be this horrifyingly knowing glare from them. Well, it sounds like a bad trap. Yeah. So there's another, there's another variation of the legend that the Rougarou is a beast sent forth by the devil to hunt down and kill followers of the Catholic faith who do not follow the rules of Lent as given by God. The story is closely linked with the French Catholic stories of Loup Garou. Loup is French for wolf and Garou is the, from Frankish Garolf, which is a cognate with the English werewolf. Um, and they warn about humans who have been punished and transformed into a wolf creature due to the breaking the rules of Lent seven years in a row. Hmm. Yeah, and this this creature, the Rougarou, actually made its way over uh, in the only two places in North America that still have a budding, well, a, a massive French culture. It's New Orleans, Louisiana, you know, surrounding area, and uh, Quebec, Canada. Mm-hmm. And it is still pretty prevalent up in Quebec. Hmm. Is it? It is. I- I remember the werewolf stories from France. Uh, you know the there there were a couple like really popular ones, and there there were like some old medieval etchings showing like a captured werewolf in France. And yeah, you guys seen those? Oh yeah, I, I yes yeah the the sixteen seventeen hundreds is is the most famous werewolf hunt. I think it was the seventeen hundreds, Louis. Uh, Louis the Thirteenth, no Fourteenth. Whoever built the Palace of Versailles, there was apparently a werewolf that was plaguing the countryside around Versailles, and that's where the werewolf legend really took root and became like the basis for what we know. Hmm. I did not know that. That's when the largest werewolf hunt was yeah no there was well francis had there's a lot of uh stories of werewolves in france europe in general Germ- yeah germany too in the 1500s mm-hmm. there was a guy um oh i think his name was peter stube uh let me pull him up uh it was bedburg germany uh this guy peter stube was convicted of um yeah here it is yeah, he was a serial killer accused of werewolfery, witchcraft, and cannibalism. He was known as the Werewolf of Bedburg. Um, this guy had been kidnapping women and and you know raping them, cannibalizing them uh, in satanic rituals, dressed as a wolf and wearing wolf skins. Wow, werewolfery, werewolf. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very odd charge. Mm-hmm. You know, to you know, like. I, I can't imagine pointing at someone and going, accusing you of werewolfery. Oh, or, After reading the lycanthropy witchcraft yeah. journal, I I could. <laughs> so it was the another one in France was the Beast of Gevoudan, and it was King Louis the Fifteenth. Fifteenth. That's yeah. the one I was thinking of. I'm yes. sorry. 
he sent he sent wolf hunters and soldiers out uh, to fight to find some um, this beast, the real life werewolf. History Channel debunked it. Why don't we ever have any footage of stuff like the Rougarou? I don't know. That's always the question, isn't it? There's I never mean, footage of any eyewitness yeah. sightings. Mm-hmm. There's never any real footage. There's just that one video of like Bigfoot swinging the arm, and there's the one vi- you know shot of this. There's never any any footage because you know maybe these cryptids just have that ability well, or just. I've seen I've seen some decent uh, Sasquatch ones that mm-hmm. aren't the, the the that one footage. You know, like. But uh, I just mean like the Rugery, like there was when there like a guy that had like Super 8 footage of it or something. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, if there if there is a video out there that exists of like Super 8 old film quality of the Rugeru, I'm not sure that it has made it out of that state very often. I don't know. Um well, you would think that with the internet and everything by now, you'd be able to, to you know, I know. know whether well, that was well, there's a, there was a guy, uh, there's a guy named Harlan Ford, and he was exploring along the Pearl River, and they they came up on a hulking ape-like beast wandering through the swamps, and uh, his, according to his eyewitness testimony, first time I ever saw it, it was standing plumb, still like a stump. I stopped and realized it wasn't a stump, and it wasn't supposed to be there. When when I stopped, it ran. It was dark gray, about seven foot high. It jumped a bayou. That was the first time I saw it. The next time I seen him, I seen him. I seen it. I was was uh, <laughs> swimming the Pearl River. Two of them, one was bigger than the other and faster than the other, and they just swam like a human with them long overhead strokes. I tried to get one of them to look at me, and the other one ran off, and the other one wouldn't look at me. I could have shot it, but I wouldn't on account it wouldn't look at me. It looked too much like a human to me, broad shoulders, arms hanging down below the knees, hands looked almost like a human's. And apparently uh, he, he had Super 8 footage of it, but he died, and nobody produced the footage. No. Well, so, I'll, I'll say this. I'll... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. In this day and age, it is easy to say, like, everybody's got an iPhone, right? Everybody has an iPhone and Android. They can easily just pull out their phone real quick, swipe up, and take a video, right? Yeah. Recently, oh, apparently, apparently, that wasn't the Rougarou. That was the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Oh. I get the two confused. Oh, okay. Ah, either way, that one's, either way, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, there's never any but, footage because I don't know. I think, honestly, it. I think the um, a lot of these are made up stories, but the Bigfoot one um, and the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the EMF detection ability, well, or the pheromone like uh, smelling you know like humans, we leave our scent everywhere we go. Animals know the animals hunt by scent. Like we have no idea how that works. Even if it is a humanoid or a human that was corrupted at the very beginning, you know, mm. thousands of years ago, and now has birthed this new species. Yeah, it it still knows our scent, and, and it hunts with the instincts of an animal. Sure. Um, well, one, one thing that I want to bring up, Johnny, that I found very interesting, I listened to a podcast recently, 
Uh, this is one that I've been getting into, Blue Creatures. They're actually from our, our backyard in Tennessee here. They interviewed a guy in Canada that actually had a Bigfoot encounter. And he was with a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in a canoe on this lake uh, outside of a, a cabin area in Canada. And it was the middle of the night, and they heard things you know, coming across from the lake. They went over, and neither of them really believed in any of this stuff. But suddenly his buddy is like doubled over in this weird trance and starts hearing voices in his head. He, The guy who was on the podcast, he was the second guy in the canoe, was saying that there was a massive figure that was something it was it was stomping around somewhere on the coast of this lake and his immediate thought was bigfoot it was it was massive um breaking trees and everything and his buddy was hearing this voice in his head of this bigfoot saying we didn't do it i didn't do it they're trying they're trying to say that i did it but i didn't i just want to be left alone um is very, very creepy, but that got me thinking if this creature or these creatures have some kind of psychic or telepathic abilities and could put somebody in a trance, maybe that's why we don't see much video footage is these, these people fall into kind of a trance when they see it and they shrug it off as like adrenaline, they're in shock or something, but they just, they don't think to take out their phone. Well, that is the thing too. I mean, like buck fever, when you're going hunting and you, you know, you draw down on, on a deer and all of a sudden you start shaking and you can't, you know, you can't take the shot or whatever. Like it's, that is adrenaline, you know, and there's probably some of that as well. And it's probably easy if they have some sort of psychic ability or, um, you know, telepathic ability, somebody in a state, you know, of high alert with the, the adrenaline way up, maybe, uh, maybe it's easy to do, you know, like. To, yeah. yeah, and they, they really could exploit that. If they mm-hmm. are expert hunters that have been doing this for, you know, in their species thousands of years, um, yeah, that could be something that they as a species have learned to perfect. Sure. I mean, yeah, why not? I mean... I mean, yeah. I'll, yeah I'll fish have turned parts of their body into bait. Out. Like, have you ever, you know, like the certain fish have turned parts of their body into like movable appendages that look like bait. You know, look like that other is pretty animals. incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That so, is really neat. It really screw is. gradualism and evolution. Thanks God. Nature mm-hmm. and God are way cooler. Yeah, those things are so cool, dude. Like the fact that like there are all kinds of uh, like different colored sea fans, and there is a specific seahorse, miniature seahorse that is like for each specific species of of. Sea uh, fan, like the green ones, the blue ones, the red ones. There's seahorses that match because that's where they live. Why can't cryptids be the exact same thing? And even better if they're mixed with some sort of humanoid DNA. Right, right. That I mean, there's stuff. Right, there's up. stuff in the ocean changes colors, changes shapes. You know, and we'll get to ocean stuff later this mm-hmm. season. Right. <laughs> like, there's a lot there. <laughs> oh yeah. Did we do a sea monster episode? We so. Yeah, Am I being Mondale affected here? <laughs> I'm talking like intelligent humanoid kind of stuff. That there's a lot there. Oh, oh. So not the Kraken. Kraken is stupid. No, the people who the, the Kraken people is who, a big ass squid. The people who the domesticate big, the Kraken. Squid. That those people. <laughs> you can't domesticate a beast like the Kraken. What are you saying? What are you even saying? 
the sea people. Dog about the sea people. Anyway, we're talking about the, the swamp half people. Right. What about the honey honey island swamp monster? The honey island swamp monster. <laughs> honey Shit. The honey. Oh, by the way, it was uh, Eliza Lamb was the girl that they found in the hotel. Ah. Well, yes. I'm glad we ombuds that like in the first hour. I know, right? Um, are we still in the first hour? Yeah, it's like we're we're close to an hour. All right. Yeah. So the the Honey Island Swamp Monster. That one has its own page on uh, cryptids.fandom.com. That's yeah. how you know it's legit. Right. It has several funny drawings of it. <laughs> well, rem- remember last week I I tried to bring up the Hun Allen Swamp Monster. Maybe right. So this, one- so this one's not as big as the uh, the Rougarou, but it stands about seven and a half feet tall. Right. And they weigh about 500 pounds. So they're pretty big. Also known as the Louisiana Wookiee. Yes. Because of spaceship. Thank you, spaceship. Right. Thank you, spaceship. Right. Thank you. <sighs> now, thank you, Disney. Right. Well, uh, it's got webbed feet, Johnny, because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that must come from its alligator um, DNA. Oh, wait. Alligators have webbed feet? Yeah. That's how they pedal in the water, you know. Oh. Uh, sort of. Not they're, like a they're duck. Semi, they're semi web. Yeah. They're not like a duck. They're not like a duck. No, they're like semi. There's claws the, and then there's a webbing. Yeah. So well, you I, know how I, there's the there's the info panel on the right side of these wikis? Mm-hmm. There's two pictures underneath. The second one I am very intrigued by. This thing this this thing is striking a pose. Oh it looks that <laughs> Oh, behave. It's like, it's gay. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. That's terrible. This thing might be homosexual. This thing is like, it's standing like, rawr. I am angry. It's not not as gay as the uh, plaster cast. Oh, the the plaster cast. That was terrible. Yes. With the foot that looked. That is one of the most unconvincing Plastic casts, I think I could have ever seen. I'm like, how did you guys manage to get the cast of the top of its foot? It's it's claws dug into the dirt. How can you get that so perfectly? Right. Into the dirt of a swamp. No way. Right. No way. This right. is not the the frigid dirt of the Himalayas. I love how right. one of the photos here is Swamp Monster from Monster in my pocket. Thank you. Thank you for showing us a toy of a green swamp monster. That's really what? It's really helping paint the picture at the bottom in the gallery. <laughs> it's a bath toy. It's one of those you would throw in the bath and it would just expand. Can, can we use this in the show art, please? Yes. All right, do that. I don't. I can't see it for some reason. It's not opening the pictures. Hmm. But apparently this thing is much more simian than, uh, yeah. than either the Rougarou or the, well, the alleged Bigfoot of the swamp. Well, they said that this thing is 
uh, it looks like a cross between a chimpanzee and an alligator. So that would explain. I'm pretty sure my mother on Sunday while doing laundry while I was growing up watched a sci-fi film with this this thing. Johnny, there you go. It's at the, it's at the bottom of the content chat. I'd buy this bath toy for my kid. <laughs> I would. Oh, wow. Especially if it grows. This, this to me, screams like quintessential swamp monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing has really just been seen in the 60s, 70s by hunters. They're out duck hunting, uh, boar hunting, whatever. Um, this thing has you know mutilated uh, wild boars and animals out in the swamp. Only been seen a few times. Um, it's got that same musky, dead, swampy smell. Uh, so this, to me, is just quintessential swamp monster. And it could be, it really could be the same as the swamp Bigfoot. It could be. Now, hold on a second. DB, remember last week when, when um, Dingo was on and he was talking about the hog that was dead at his hunting camp? Yeah, with the weird bite or yeah, not bite. With the one hole. Not sure what it was. Yeah. Yeah. What was the thing, Reinhardt? It left a, a mark with just one bite? Yeah, that's the. Um, I believe that was the. the. No, that was the Rougarou. No, it was the other thing. The, no, it uh, was the Swamp Bigfoot. No, the. I'm sorry. The, the Snuggler or whatever it was. The called. Grunch. The Grunch. Yeah, the swamp, the swamp Bigfoot, basically. <laughs> the yeah, snuggler, the grunch. The, <laughs> the grunch. The snuggler. Yes, what? It leaves a. <laughs> the snuggler. Is is Reddit no sleep leaking? Um, oh. Um. No. That. Yeah. That. That could drain the blood with one hole. Right. Which. Okay. What are the logistics of that? If this thing has a mouthful of teeth. I'm mm-hmm. gonna ignore that. This thing is a mouthful of teeth, and I've seen I've seen many depictions of this thing, and it apparently is supposed to have like anglerfish type teeth. Yeah. How do you just get one tooth in there? You don't. I, yeah. You have a proboscis. You have a proboscis that goes in there. Okay. So you just extend the jaw out, and there's one. You one just tooth. Well, it opens up and. Did you say a, a proboscis? So, yeah. You mean a proboscis? Is that is that one long tooth or is that like a little mouth? Are we talking like xenomorph stuff? That's like, like a, an, yeah, like an appendage. You know, like ah, a oh like oh a, oh. So yeah. we're talking like Avatar. Like I'm going to connect my ponytail, except it's a like weird syringe attached to your body. I'm going to play it straight with you, Chief. I saw that movie over ten years ago. I don't remember a fucking thing about it. You mean <laughs> <laughs> that describes most James Cameron films? Yeah. Like um, I remember, I remember making a big deal about going to see it, and I, I remember walking out of there going, "I think I feel like I watched like a four-hour propaganda piece for Greenpeace." Oh, you're it talking came about out on DVD on yeah. Earth Day. Oh. I've only seen it all the way through once. Yeah, I saw it in the theater once. I did not see it in the theater. Boy, was that great propaganda wrapped in some original sci-fi. Uh, yeah. And 
when you say never mind um <laughs> oh we're yeah, still i don't we're, know we're still on the honey island swamp monster right i don't know i don't know what this yeah yeah okay but but what dog was saying was dingo brought up i guess the uh a, a boar that was at his hunting camp that had been yeah he found a dead seemingly one one bite yeah it was had like a hole and not a bite but like a hole like not if a you, bullet hole? Like if you it took had a, a head like a hole, it was black as no, stop, soul. stop, 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 stop. Like if you took um like a pair of tongs and dug it in and just grabbed whatever, you know, like a um like a little scoop shovel you do with sand at the beach. Like you know what I mean? You just and you scoop up that like, you know, that one chunk. Yeah. Yeah. So like that that's what happened. Like the Could there it was have not been an arrow? I don't know, but you would think if anybody shot it with an arrow, they would have taken it. Right. Was it diseased? No. It was so dead what? it was dead of this wound of its neck. So Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So they didn't kill it, find out that it was sick and just left it. It was it was perfectly healthy. I we didn't get that far, but I'm assuming it was, you know. Yeah, that would be that would probably be the the only thing that is sticking with me is, I mean, it, it could have been something they killed, found that it was sick, and we're like, nope, not taking this for meat. But if that's not the case, that's no, really it wasn't odd. a gunshot wound. It wasn't whatever it was. Like it <clears throat> killed it by making a hole in the side of its neck. Well, yeah. I'd call that a grunge kill. Yeah. For now, possibly. Yeah, the grunge, the grunge got the pig. I don't know why the grunge didn't eat it. Maybe it killed it and drug it there. Who knows? Maybe it came. Jum Jum Carry got to it. Maybe it, who? Jum Carry. Oh no, wait, that was that was Muck Muck Moyers. Muck played Moyer. the Grinch. Oh no, Jim Mike Carrey played Myers. the Grinch. Jim Carrey played the Grinch. No, it was Mike Myers. Was it? No, Wait, no, Mike Myers, Mike Myers played the cat in the hat. No, you're right. You're right. The Grinch yeah, was Jim the, Carrey. Yeah, the Grinch was Jim Carrey. Yep. And that little blonde so girl. It was, it was Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. Jim Carrey. Played the, yeah, the Grunch. <laughs> the, the Grunch? The Grunch that stole, I don't know. Anyway, we are at an hour. We did some some stuff on Louisiana. We're making up for it. The grunge that small that stole swampness. <laughs> swampness. <laughs> I'm putting that down just in case for a show title. All right. The grunge that floated the keg on Honey Island. Man, you have way too long show titles. Yeah, that's a lot of words. We'll, we'll think about it. We have. Um, we're gonna go to break, and we'll be back in a minute. Listen to this.
everybody. We're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Reinhardt and Dogbot. Uh, we're down in the Pelican State, down in the boot of Louisiana. There's swamps, there's swamp monsters, there's the bayous, there's the the weird goat, alligator, chimpanzee, man, bear, pig stuff out there. <laughs> there's Bigfoot. There's little monsters, there's big monsters, there's huge monsters. Uh, but also, Louisiana has a lot of vampires. Very famous for vampires. Well, we've seen this in movies, right? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of vampire films and books that take place in Louisiana. I think for its its theming of like this French royal architecture and culture, mm-hmm. you know, mixed with the darkness of like the satanic voodoo world. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, the dark. Yeah, like against the yeah the blackness. Of voodoo and the yeah, it's, it's whiteness weird, of the vampire it's a dichotomy, right? Mm. Um, which voodoo is intrinsic with cannibalism in a lot of ways. You know, we see it trying to be like whitewashed. I hate saying that, but people try and whitewash it nowadays as some kind of just typical religion, just like anything else, right? But like Kwanzaa, <laughs> no, Kwanzaa is a completely made up and fake. You thing. don't, yeah, you don't eat people at Kwanzaa. Are you sure? I don't know anything about Kwanzaa. It's Nobody a, does because it doesn't exist. It's Black Hanukkah, dude. It's literally just a collard green, cream corn, and what chitlins. Hey, don't holiday. talk shit about cream so you corn. Don't like, you don't like the candles? No, it's dark. There's can. I think there's candles. There's like their own menorah. It's like the African menorah. Yeah, they have <laughs> a nigger nora. A nigger nora. <laughs> so you, what? You like nine Newports? I'm not going to lie. I've heard that before. <laughs> I've actually heard that joke. Do you know how expensive that is? Now? A lot. Yeah. Wait, the actual the actual cigarettes individually or the packs? But, dude, buying the packs Lucy's, are like $14. Yeah, buying Lucy's. Lucy's are like, yeah, they're expensive. Dollar like a piece. Like $5 a pop, Yeah, man. five bucks something. Jeez. Yeah. Man, anyway, I made so much money back in the day. Let's, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about vampires in, uh, I Especially, thought you were talking about voodoo. I'm confused. No, just talking about some of the backdrop. That's all. Vampires. Oh. Yeah, oh. we're talking about vampires. Well, New Orleans is known for vampires. Um, there's a history of, you know, writing in New Orleans, especially Anne Rice. Talk about you were saying that you're not going to be able to talk about New Orleans and vampires and not mention Anne Rice. I mean, Anne Rice is from New Orleans. She wrote. Right. She wrote interview with the. Is, now, is it interview with a vampire or interview with the vampire? It's interview with the vampire. With the right. Yeah. The. The. Okay. It, it's the, and it's always been the is the thing, and people remember it with a vampire. Uh, I just remember. Uh, I remember goth chicks being really, really upset when they found out that Tom Cruise was going to be cast as the. A uh, six-plus-foot-tall French man turned list, vampire. Let's not. Yeah. He, he would have been better in a grunge suit, mm-hmm. to right. be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's only Tom Cruise, like, 5'2". I, I remember explaining to them that on camera 
they typically hire, you know, male actors who are going to be roughly eye level with the female lead. Yeah. In which I was told that there aren't any, that the female, the females in the book interview with the vampire is a little vampire girl. So that's not necessary. And yeah, I hadn't read the book yet. So I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I don't know. I read the I'm first not- three Anne Rice books. They were, they were, uh, the vampire books. They were okay. Yeah. I never read a single word of Anne Rice's books. I know that she wrote never. erotica as well. It wasn't just, she wrote like, degenerate stuff on top of the vampire see that's that's how i first knew her for uh, that's how i knew her first and she then had, i made the connection she had a fake born again moment and uh wrote a book about jesus yeah in oh like so kind of did the avril lavigne thing she she wasn't replaced by by a clone oh, okay that was a weird one replaced by a christian clone hmm hmm one of the one of the first one of the first conspiracies that I remember hearing about in the twenty the mid twenty tens was the Avril Lavigne being switched out thing. That's one I'm actually with you on. Like that I that was one of the first replacement ones that I ever heard about. Surprisingly, um, yeah. Anyways, do we want to talk about old? New Orleans vampires or some of the new faggy ones. I mean, because there was apparently a secret vampire like speakeasy. Yeah. People drink blood. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. But we'll go back. Let's talk about like Count St. Germain. That's a weird one. Yes. It's a very strange, enigmatic character. Uh, this guy, this guy was like a, a, uh, he could play the piano and he could play the violin which both of them, he was a master at both, which is pretty, pretty amazing. If you could do both of those things, he could converse in six languages. Hmm. And his dude, he composed music and like did all kinds of solo work for the violin. Extremely rich, extremely rich. Uh, he, he was son of claims to be a son of Francis, the second Prince of Transylvania. So this guy's yeah, got so he, a crazy lineage and immense wealth. Yeah, so he he claimed to take his uh, lineage directly from the Order of the Dragon, mm-hmm. which should be of some note to anybody who's been listening to the show for a while. The Genesis 6 uh, Bloodlines, Royal Bloodlines episodes that we've done um, that mention the Order of the Dragon and the connection between like the demons, seraphim thing, and vampires. Hmm. Now, this Count Saint Germain. Now, skip ahead to New Orleans in the early twentieth uh, century. A man named Jacques Saint Germain. He fits every description of the Count from uh, the Prince of Transylvania. But, uh, you know, he had, he was about 40. The heavy, heavy money bags. And um, the most fascinating of dinner guests and a complete mystery. So this guy seems like this was this um, Count St. Germain who supposedly mastered um, 
immortality because he was a vampire. So I guess I guess he popped back up in the 20th century. Well, yeah, there there's actually a story from a woman named uh, Countess von Georgie that claimed she had known a count of St. Germain once. And she had met the man in 1710. And 50 hmm. years later, the same count of St. Germain looked no different at all. She said specifically it was not his son. It was the same exact man. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was a weird, weird thing. And and this Counter Saint Germain was known to actually play the field in the spy game, the intelligence game. Really? Yeah, he he actually did intelligence work for uh Louis the Fifteenth of France, which this was around the time of the largest werewolf hunt. Also did work for the German government or the Holy Roman government at the time um and was looking into a russian plot supposedly a russian plot to overthrow peter the third and replace him with catherine the great hmm now i don't know it's it's really strange this guy is like the epitome of like the kind of the fan fiction tv show vampire guy that lives through all these times and is embroiled in all these plots and weird right. stuff right like vladimir putin there's that um i mean yeah but well this guy apparently i mean this guy was so famous that voltaire actually wrote about him oh really yes voltaire Voltaire called him the man who knows everything and never dies no one really knew how old he was supposedly he always looked about 40 and all of his in all of his portraits they basically he, he looked the same for well over well over half a century um and then, I guess. Uh, did did like, he write about how he was chucking whores out of his balconies? It didn't say anything about that, but um, not that I know of. He'd be throwing prostitutes out windows and shit. <laughs> where did where did you read that? That's like one of the things about uh, Saint Germain was that. Uh, there was a prostitute who leapt from a balcony, uh, you know, and uh, she survived the fall. She was terrified. She didn't want to have anything to do with him. Hmm. And he was just, you know, he was probably like, hey, I, I didn't touch her. You know, so not quite a reverse Michael Jackson, <laughs> but but he'd bitten her neck, you know. Ah, like, yeah. Was it a hickey or was it an actual bite mark? Well, who knows? It's the French Quarter. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, things happen. You know, <laughs> right, 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 like, right. what happens in the French Quarter yeah. stays in the French Quarter. <laughs> well, not always, but you know, well, like it stays in the well, Yeah, yeah. So this guy could be the old Count Saint Germain. Yeah, at at the very least, it's just very strange, mm-hmm. right? Um, there is a lot of evidence for. And we see like royal bloodlines having very similar features down lines. And we know that a lot of Hollywood actors, a lot of politicians trace their lineage back to royal bloodlines in Europe, right? We, we see pictures all the time of European royals and nobility compared with like Hollywood actors that look, I mean, exactly the same. But this guy just seems to be very different. Different. I don't know. It's mm. 
it seems to be the quintessential man who never dies. He is a jack of all trades. He's embroiled in many different political plots and in multiple time periods. Right. Um, yeah, really odd. He's the Highlander. Really odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be. There you go. There can be only one. And this is, <laughs> well, and this is in a city as well that did have, and I hate saying this when it comes to, let's say, a white colonized city. It it did seem to be a, I don't know, a nexus for a lot of dark stuff going on, even even aside from like the voodoo cannibalism dark like satanic thing even with white europeans there was a lot of occult terrible stuff going on it's very odd the the nobility here seemed to be very just dark i don't know that's that's from my research at least hmm well yeah there's i mean there's all kinds of weird religious stuff going on especially in new orleans would you say that new orleans was the most european city of the early united states like the most eurocentric yeah i would as opposed to like what other like i mean all the other cities were pretty eurocentric too why wouldn't why wouldn't well, they the others been? the others were anglicized so they were they were all english which is kind of ah, what we I, think is the basis for american okay. this one was french to the core even after its purchase in 1802 right even after the french okay. were still a very dug mm-hmm. in culture mm-hmm. and when you have the african sect you know, it, it itself mixed in with the French Catholicism and created something that was very different than anything else that existed in the American states at that time. And what's that? And it was it was far darker as well. I think the city was born into Satanism, honestly. You think the city was born into Satanism, so what about the what about the fact that like New Orleans is like a completely Tartarian city that doesn't make sense architecturally, like even logistically, like it's built underwater, like it's below sea level. It's I think very the col- strange. It is very strange, and I think the colonization or recolonization of this this Tartarian city mm. is born into Satanism. I mean, they filled it with blacks that were then filled with you know Catholicism that mixed these religions. Um, I think it was just a recipe for, for darkness. So I was, it's, it's pretty Lovecraftian in my opinion, almost. And I know, I know that's a a term that people throw around a lot of the time and don't know what it means, but these beings, though they are based in kind of human, human aspects, the general view of the religion of the the darkness that surrounds the city is very unknown, and I think that's what terrifies a lot of people, and what attracts some of the freaking weirdos. Yeah, there's a lot of weirdos. Man, there's, there's a great quote from uh, the fourth Earl of Oxford, Horace Walpole, 
uh, about that Saint Germain dude, and this is this is pretty great. An odd man who goes by the name of Comte Saint Germain. He had been here these two years and will not tell me who he is or whence, but professes that he does not go by his right name. He sings, plays on the violin wonderfully, composes, is mad, and not very sensible. He's called an Italian, a Spaniard, a Pole, a somebody that married a great fortune in Mexico and ran away with her jewels to Constantinople, a priest, a fiddler, a vast nobleman. The Prince of Wales has had unsatiated curiosity about him, but not in vain. So, basically, he is like your immortal Amerimut. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if he's a Spaniard. He could be Italian. So, he might be so Polish. He's, so he's Jewish fucking, is what you're saying. He could be a Castizo from Mexico. Right. I so, have no fucking clue. So he's probably Jewish. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's probably yeah. a Jewish vampire. Yeah. Well, you don't have to repeat yourself. That's fair. Yes, we haven't already, talked about that in a while, have we? Yeah, we've talked about that before. Well, shape-shifting, no, we vampires, choosing. Yeah. The whole vampire trope, I mean, everything about them, they're, they're, they're Jews. I mean, they, even the diseases, like the, um, what's the thing where they, they can't go out in the sun? Uh, porphyria. Porphyria, yeah. They have that, and then they have the, the prion diseases and the Tay-Sachs and all those other psychological yep. diseases that come from, only come from, like, consuming blood. So, where in the bloodlines is the house of Raga? Ragozzi, R A G O C Z Y. R A G O C Z Y. Yeah. Hmm. House of Ragozzi. Oh, here it is. Francis II Ragozzi, Hungarian nobleman, leader of the Hungarian uprising against the Habsburgs, seventeen o three to seventeen eleven. Prince of Transylvania and a member of the Order of the Golden Fleece. Okay. So I'm just going to say right off the bat, he's connected to Vlad. He's connected to uh, Sigismund of Luxembourg, who founded the Order of the Dragon. The Order of the Golden Fleece is a very important order when it comes to the bloodlines and this like occult giant ritual stuff. So there you go. Well, they uh, intrinsically it. linked with rituals of cannibalism and blood drinking. All of these families are linked with cannibalism and blood drinking. Mm. There you go. Which goes back to the giants who were cannibals, of course. Yeah, and the blood. Well, you just you know you make them vampires. That was the thing about the uh, the the Comte de Saint Germain or whatever. He he never ate anytime he go to a dinner party. He was like a very. He was, he was a very exquisite guest. Everybody loved talking to him, but he would never eat. He would just sip his wine. Yeah, this is this is the guy who's like the perfect party goer. Mm. He's always out socializing. He makes friends. He flirts. Uh, he's mysterious. Everybody wants to know more about him. He doesn't eat. Um, he just walks the room, and, and kind of this energy goes with him. He's literally the quintessential noble vampire character. Kind of reminds me of like a um, American Psycho type, right? <laughs> that movie's still, yeah. 
I still love that movie. Yeah, it's I don't even movie. care. Yeah, I it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it's a spawned great so many great memes too. Mm-hmm. It has. <laughs> and sticker packs. Mm-hmm. Yes, that other people made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> so if if you look around if you look around New Orleans. There are all kinds of uh, haunted places as well, too. In well, Louisiana can I? Yeah. Can I bring up actually one more story about vampires? Oh yeah, actually, yeah, we a little let's, bit. Let's do more vampires. Actually, a little bit different than Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. In 1932, there was discovered a young girl, and I I found this actually while we were doing this episode. So I apologize that nobody is is kind of prep for this um in 1932 a woman was found wounded down royal street and said that she was kidnapped by two captors who had four other victims who were half dead and drained of blood tied to chairs in a warehouse type room these men were never found but they were brothers um she said if I can read it here, uh, somewhat skeptical, the police agreed to follow her back to the home on the corner of Royal and St. Anne Streets. Once the police and the girl arrived at the home, which was owned by people who are only known as the Carter brothers, uh, they were hor- horrified to find, as the girl described, four victims half dead, tied to chairs, and all the victims had wrists wrapped around their bandages, or wrists wrapped in bandages, moist and stained with blood. They found two bodies that were wrapped in blankets and were tucked away, drained completely of blood. So the brothers apparently left early each morning just before daybreak and returned just after dark. Immediately upon their return, they would take the bandages off of each captive's wrists. Using a knife would reopen the wounds until blood flowed freely from the victim's cuts. They would catch the blood in cups and they would drink it until their hunger was sated in front of their victims. They would then put the bandages back on and leave. Hmm. Yeah. That's that sounds a lot like a vampire. Yeah, this happened all throughout the twenties and thirties, apparently. Um oh, I I'm sorry, Mayakopa, I guess these brothers were caught. I, I tried looking them up. Um, and I didn't find anything on them, but they were caught and they explained that they were vampires and would, if released, have no option, but to continue to kill. They said their blood drinking was beyond their control and that they needed it to live. So there you go. 1930s blood drinking vampires. All right. Oh, and they trolled, get this. They trolled the Negro districts. Mm. For their victims. All right. There you go. So they he went down there to get uh, black people blood. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just thought that one was interesting. I mean, this is not 1710. This is oh no, 80 Nin- years. Yeah, 1930. Yeah. Like you got two brothers who were doing this. That's also interesting. Is it's it's two brothers, so either one of them had to have had a sort of mental dominance 
over the other one, or these two guys were actually genetically predisposed to something like this. Hmm. Genetically predisposed. Genetically predisposed to drinking the, blood. Drinking it's possible. Blood. I mean, uh, yeah, the nigga blood thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not touching that one. I don't know, man. I don't either. <laughs> I'm, I'm so leaving that one alone. Things. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on. Unless we have more vampire stuff. I don't know. The St. Germain story just, he just seems to, to fit in as the, the quintessential storybook, you know, vampire guy who's lived forever. The Highlander, basically, you know, except the vampire. Well, yeah. And it, the Highlander, except he like, sucks blood. It's kind of like the, the rock star vampire that you see in some of the movies, like the vampire films that kind of make fun of the genre. Right, right. Well, the vampire is like super cool guy who's like living forever. And he's got like, like you said, like a rock star lifestyle. Ponytail. Yeah, uh, there was, a, I can't remember what the movie was, but it was literally a, <clears throat> he was a rock star. He was like a popular metal musician or something and used mm. his, you know, pole to get girls into his van or in, into his bus and would drink their blood. Like that's the kind of guy he was. One of the worst role-playing games from the early 90s was Vampire the Masquerade. Like, that was absolutely terrible. Look, it man, was... Vampire the Masquerade, the remake, or the at least the, the sequel 30 years on, is yeah. going to be fantastic. Okay. I, I, I just, you know, I couldn't get into it. Didn't like it. I I never played it. I was I was out of games by that point. Um I, I remember we shoplifted the uh the source book <laughs> from uh from Walden Books. Yeah. Wow, you were thumb through it. Yep. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay. So you said all this, these, these this, guys are there vampires and fam- found in New Orleans articles corny as shit. The, which ones? The are there vampires found in New Orleans article? Oh, it's got, it's got all these really goofy questions like, oh, yeah, this one. Yeah, where are vampires born? There are suggestions that the vampire was born out of sorcery in ancient Egypt. A demon summoned into this world from some other. There are many variations for vampires from around the world. All right. Wow. <laughs> it's got some person being tattooed. Yeah, it's really that one's not very good. Yeah. Um, haunted things in New in New Orleans, though. Yes, that's where I was going. Uh, lots and lots of haunted places in New Orleans. Um, one place that a lot of people have seen and they've filmed a lot of movies and stuff there. St. Louis Cemetery Number One. It is. Um one of the oldest one of the oldest cemeteries in in New Orleans but uh i guess there's some voodoo queen who's buried there some queen marie laveau yes marie laveau yeah, she's buried she there she is yep she is known the world over as the voodoo queen of new orleans um mm-hmm. she would make uh what's called gree gree bags for 
people that were basically blessing bags. Um, she would handle curses for folks. Uh, she has been co-opted by like the feminist, you know, third wave feminist group. And um, her history is kind of being rewritten as this like feminist empowerment thing. Like she had this title mm-hmm. as a black woman in new Orleans. Oh boy. But, and she was never given the credibility that she should have been. This chick is literally practicing Satanism and giving people satanic curses to give to other folks to poison them with dark magic. Right. But that's basically what voodoo is anyways. That's, that's literally what it is. Um, which we actually, we got some good prep on, uh, some extra voodoo stuff to do later this year. That's cool. Um, because um, I knew you, before Dogbot and I were on the show, you you guys did a voodoo episode, didn't you? Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. We did an episode that was two hours on voodoo with that was back when Zev was on the show. Right. Uh, we got some new stuff that I'm pretty sure was not on there, and actually, we'll bring up perspectives that were not on the show at the time. So, um, hopefully, we can get into that. Yeah, and do some good voodoo stuff. Yeah, I, I read a very fascinating book which incorporated voodoo. It was called Buried Secrets uh, about uh, Adolphus Costanzo from uh, Matamoros. He ran. He ran the the drug gang that kidnapped the congressman's kid. Noise. Yeah, they were doing they they were doing like cannibal sacrifices and shit. Like oh the, the way that they caught the cartel was this guy was in a pickup truck full of drugs and he was just speeding across the border and he he went right past like all all these cops and everything and they pulled him over and they're like, you didn't see us? And he's like, no, I you shouldn't have been able to see me. I was supposed to be invisible. Oh wow! The voodoo spells. <laughs> right, thought, right. He thought his pickup truck full of fucking drugs was invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being invisible, they literally see the smoke lines coming out. <laughs> That's terrible. He thought. So he thought he paid pie. for. So he he got like some sort of spell that was supposed to make him invisible. Or a, a like a charm or something, and yeah. and the Beautiful. cops like I'm sorry, they're like we see that you're you know you you have a truckload of drugs here. You're gonna have to come with us. <laughs> He's like, wait, how can you see me? <laughs> like, <laughs> if I were that cop, I would have played along. Oh wow, where is he? Where did he go? Hold on a second. <laughs> No, not even that. Just said like I had a charm too that counteracts. Oh, I would yeah. have pulled something like D and D out of my butt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can I have hide a charm a sight. up there. Yeah, I was gonna say twenty sided dice and stuff. <laughs> if you're a cop, just roll a twenty. <laughs> just have like weighted dice. <laughs> I rolled an at twenty, and I could see you. Reinhardt gets so constipated when he reads See, Gnostic takes that he, he shits 20-sided dice. Wow. That was two separate... Yeah, See, Reinhardt hadn't realized that's what we were doing. Dogbot. But 
I just let sat there and let it happen. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> All right then. Anyways, I knew. So, uh, never mind. <laughs> so in New Orleans, and I have to mention this for a specific reason, Johnny. Personal reason. Oh. Personal the reason. Lafitte Guest House mm-hmm. and Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's been there knows that it is <clears throat> one of the most advertised sites or two of the most advertised sites among tourists. Right. If you were going to New Orleans, you're going to the French Quarter, you're going mm-hmm. down uh, Bourbon Street. And you're going to Lafitte's. Yep. Lafitte's, that is where the party is. Is the oldest bar, continuously running bar in North America. Now, oh. that shop was run by the Lafitte brothers, Jean and Pierre. The best way that I know how to describe them, uh, Jean was the Han Solo kind of smuggler, <clears throat> um, you know, hustler, womanizer, mm-hmm. and Pierre was the Lando. He was the political kind of guy. Um, he handled the front of things, <clears throat> made sure they were able to do their work in peace, etc. But they were smugglers to the core. They were pirates. And uh, they were able to escape any sort of political intervention for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And there are rumors that they were working not only for the American government, but also for the the Spanish and the French, and that they were playing all three against each other in the Gulf of Mexico in the early 1800s. But the blacksmith shop that they ran as a front uh, has become a bar and is well known as one of the largest ghost hotspots in the city that Jean will come down and is seen in the bar itself after closing um, that he will actually uh, come down and he'll, you know, move bottles around like he's, he's trying to kind of make things more presentable. Uh, He'll be seen weirdly enough in the bathroom. Hmm. I don't know. Just not doing anything. That's Uh, awfully strange. Yeah, I don't know. Um, mainly seen up top in in the top floor where they would hang out. Um, but their their home, their guest house that they owned, has also become a hotspot for ghosts. And we've seen uh, stories of a little girl named Marie who actually contracted a yellow fever, never recovered. She died. Um it's the same story as pretty much any other hotel, right? People contract a disease or they are shot and you know, die in a room and now they haunt that room. But that's, well, uh, that's like the story of ghosts, but we, you know, we'd have to get Zach Beggins on to, to find out if that's true or not. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> they, they, they would have to be filming. Right. So that way they, right. they can they can see a light turn off real quick and go, whoa, whoa, what, was what that? the hell was that? Did right. you see that? Did you see that? What the uh, hell? Oh, man, did you feel that? I felt that <laughs> over there. Did you feel that? Whoa. No, 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 no. <laughs> the sound effects they add to the stuff that didn't happen. Right. It's so right. good. Yeah. Oh, wow, that lens, wow, that lens flare that we added with the techniques that we learned in film school. Right. That they all went to, yeah. Um, yeah and I gotta br- I gotta bring up the Lafitte's. They're they're 
personal ancestors of mine, my uh, great grandmother's maiden name was Lafitte. She was born of one of these brothers. I don't know which one, but she was born of one of them. So, but these were, yeah, French guys who took advantage of the situation in the city, were pirates. They were apparently pretty awful people, but Hmm. I don't know. If we're talking about the slave trade and how it's fake, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what these guys did. Probably rum. Probably made money. Sadly, probably making money off of (laughs) doing the Jewish thing and playing everybody against each other. But as far as I know, they weren't Jewish. Well, there you go. So did you guys Uh, know that New Orleans has a, uh, its own vampire association? Oh my God. Does it really? Mm hmm. LGBTQV. Uh, it's the New Orleans Vampire Association. The New Orleans Vampire Association is a nonprofit organization comprised of self-identifying vampires. There you have it. Representing an alliance between houses within the community in the greater New Orleans area. Founded in 2005, NOVA was established to provide support and structure for the structure for the vampire and other kin subcultures. And there you have that. And to provide educational and charitable outreach to those in need. Okay. So it's pretend. Never mind. Nova. What a, what a great, uh, man, these guys, these guys, Oh, you guys want to hear the house? I'm not going with NAAVP. (laughs) The houses that they're talking about, the house of mystic echoes, the esoteric gateway order, House Rakowski. There you go, the Rakowski. House of the Muses. House, and then the little implying arrow thing, like the, the you know, the greater than sign, I guess. Um, and then there is House Ethereum, House Razor, and House of the Dreaming. These are, this is gay. This is very gay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that from the same website that that article I was looking at was? No, this is uh, New Orleans Vampire Association dot org. It's their own website. Wow. Mm-hmm. They have, um, yeah, yeah. They have. Let me see. What's their their history? Let me just see what it says here. Oh, they began after Hurricane Katrina. Okay. Oh, this one thing the hurricane could have wiped out. Thanks, George Bush. Could have worked oh, a little harder. Oh, hold there. on a second. Short-term goals include <laughs> a fundraising to continue and expand feeding operations, as well as creating a fund for realization of long-term goals, primary of which is a property of its own to provide food and shelter for those in the community in need. Feeding. So... Oh, my good Lord. Okay, feeders. Yeah, right. <laughs> a group of self-identified vampires known to each other through social interaction, having various affiliations with different communities, both national and international, agreed that the stability of the vampire community in the New Orleans area might benefit from a local association or organization of some type. While maintaining their alliances and keeping channels open to other groups, they began meeting to discuss their developing shared version of a vision of and the details of organiz, organizing the association. Oh, good Lord. 
Um, they're I guess they're a. Uh, so they're gay. Yeah, they're gay, but they're they were this okay. This this is back in 2011. They filed f- as a 501c corporation, I guess. <laughs> so the same as the church. I don't know. You can donate to them. Um, well, there you go, guys. You go. Your Protestant church that is a 501c3 is the same as a vampire church. Yeah, there you go. Have fun with that. In New Orleans. In New Orleans. In New Orleans. Yes. Because yeah. only in New Orleans would you have a vampire church. Would you rather go to a vampire church or a clown college? Uh, wait, are we talking clowns like normies know them? Clown college? Like where you're an alcoholic and you're depressed and dance for kids? Or are we talking <laughs> the clowns like DMT? Well, clown college. So I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, tying balloon animals and <laughs> painting, you know, like your face and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm either, gonna, uh, either way, I think I'd kill myself, but I think I'd go with clown college. I'd have to go with clown college, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I would go to the vampire church at least once just to see. I'm sure the people watching that day would be fantastic. But see, you never go just once. That's Even the, yeah. now, if you if you make your intention known to go just once, just to people watch, or if they detect that you're people watching, I'm sure they're going to capture you and suddenly you're going to become the it's, victim of yeah, SRA slash all of a sudden, abduction. All of a sudden, it's the rave scene from Blade uh, 2. <laughs> Dude, that was on sci-fi like three days ago. Right? I mean, all of a sudden, you're like, you're like, I'm just here to people watch. Next thing you know, the lights get a little dark. They could smell you anyways. They know you're not one of them. You oh my smell, god! You could smell everybody at a blade rave. If you see a yeah. black dude in shades walk in, you better <laughs> piss yourself. That's the bouncer, <laughs> right? No, no, the bouncer is a big giant Turkish dude. Hmm. Anyway, no, that's that's the promoter. Man, we didn't like, dude. There's so many places in New Orleans that are haunted. Well, yeah, let's let's skip down to the number one, number two, number three places. All right. right. Yeah, because we're we're actually getting close to the end of two hours here. Yeah, the the Myrtle Plantation. Okay, let's do the Myrtle Plantation. Myrtles. Myrtle. Myrtle. Yeah, so it, was, it was built back in 1796 for mm-hmm. General David Whiskey Dave, great nickname, uh, Bradford, and it was originally known as Laurel Grove. Right, he lived this lived in this place as a bachelor until he met his wife. But um, as this plantation grew, it changed ownership. Um, now we can talk all day about the you know myths and uh, the normie tier kind of. I would say, what would you say, Johnny? Consequences, I guess, of owning a slave plantation. It we've we've talked at length about how we think the the slave trade was overblown mm. here. But the fact is that people have experienced 
you know, uh, these kind of loops of ghost encounters, whether it's something touching them here or uh, a kid like crying or laughing, screaming even um, in certain places. Um, and this, this plantation itself is actually very popular. It's actually been the site of several films and TV shows. Um, <laughs> God, the ghost hunters from sci-fi have been to so many of these places. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so I, I want to make a little bit of an addendum to what we were saying earlier about our last week's guests not doing any preparation. Because he uh, didn't. He did, he didn't. He did make an attempt... He said, but it was all about black people ghosts. So he stopped. Right? Is mm-hmm. that, isn't that what That's I, what he said. Yeah. He said he ran yeah. into nothing but black people ghosts. So he decided to just not. Now, yeah. That's that's interesting because I have I've closed six or seven tabs and I have one, two, three, four, six, five. I have like 17 tabs open and I closed another five. So I've had over 20 tabs open and not one of them was about a black ghost. Which makes me, you know, wonder as to how much he actually tried. Which well, I, I'm just assuming it's little to none. I mean, you're probably one. Right. The one thing about here. Okay, so the thing then, about this Myrtle's plantation um, is now it's like now it's like a big tourist attraction. They have the tour. It's a bed and breakfast. There's a restaurant. You can. They hold events. Well, one thing about this place is apparently there was a servant there, and it doesn't say whether he was black or white, but the fact that they say servant and not slave right. speaks volumes. Um, it was a uh, a woman named Chloe, a servant who was hung after she poisoned a cake that the current owner at the time, uh, Clark Woodruff's family, ate. Um, they hung her and her two children and that they are seen just around the plantation, in the house, on the grounds, um, either standing there or people have been touched. You know, it was, it was very interesting. I know it's a totally different state, but my wife and I went to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and we did some tours. We went to uh, several of the you know slave places. We went to actually the slave market where there's supposed to be so many, you know, jogger ghosts didn't experience any of that. But the most experiences that were reported were at the plantations in the house, not of the slaves, supposedly I'm using air quotes, but of the family. Hmm. I just wonder what's going on. So none of the slaves actually haunt these places. It's just ghosts of the family who actually live there. Yeah, they'll they'll tell you all day that you know slave ghosts haunt these places where they were totally you know traumatized and families were ripped apart and everything. Right. But these these stories corroborate um, stories over in Europe. You know, we we don't talk a lot about uh, like the undercity of Glasgow, Scotland, which is one of my favorite places on earth when it comes to paranormal activity. And this was a city of full white people. Um, <laughs> you know, you got poor whites that are haunting this place and you see the same exact stories corroborated. So I, I really wonder what, what the criteria is for some of these like loop back type hauntings. 
You know, I, I honestly don't know. And like, I thought you thought hauntings were demons anyway. In many cases, I do. Demons are masters of mimicry. And when we're talking about like somebody using a Ouija board to somehow contact like a dead relative, mm-hmm. demons are able to do that very easily. Um, they do it all the time. I've experienced it. I've seen it. I've seen the effects over several years. Um, but I think there is some sort of weird matrix type loop back haunting that goes on because the stone tape theory. Yeah. What you're saying. Pretty much. Hold on. These things follow a track. The stone tape theory that like, because there's some large amounts of limestone and perhaps running water nearby, it creates conditions to where you can have uh, feedback loops based on traumatic events. I think it's possible. Hmm. Yeah, they they say they say at, so, at certain like forts and stuff like that, you have some of these reoccurring things. It's the same thing every time. It's not. There's no. There's no alteration to it. There's no interacting with it. It's just. Uh, it's it's like it's replaying a little bit of an event. Like it's a like glitch. going. It's like going to a civil war fort, um, much like the Louisiana State Capitol building. It's like going there and a Confederate soldier going on patrol and walking through a hallway, but he just happens to walk through a crowd of people and somebody hears him or feels him walk through them. You know, they get that chill. They get that just down to the bone feeling like, like something violated them. You know, we hear about that all the time, right? Yeah, like something and just it's passed not, through everybody in the crowd. Right. It's not malicious. It's something that's just happening at the same time every single day. And that's what we get from, actually, number two, the old Louisiana State Capitol. Um, <clears throat> and there's the you know Louisiana State Penitentiary. All kinds of things like that. Military buildings, prisons. That's, uh, that's mm-hmm. what I think is going on there. Hmm. Whether there's limestone running water next to it present or not, um, I think that there really is something to it. It's not quite malicious, but it's something that's stuck. Hmm. Now, I mean, what, what to, do you think, Johnny? Well, I mean, according to um, according to the uh, arbiter of truth the sole arbiter of truth on the internet. Oh, um, everything, sorry. everything is, is requires uh, limestone and water, mostly water though. Every structure, yeah. every major structure is built either above or next to water. Like, okay. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Sure. That the water is how they're transferring all the energy. So I guess I could see how, now, with you with the running water and the limestone, what did that have to do? How did that work again? I don't know how it works. This no. is just like part of the stone tape theory seems to have to do with the plesioelectric qualities of limestone P- and uh, water. Piezoelectric. Well, yeah. So, so limestone can conduct this 
this ether electricity kind of the spiritual electricity mm-hmm. and then running water is a conduit it's a well-known conduit in the occult for spirits to pass through or over so running water is something that a spirit in the occult can pass through just like any of us could pass over a road at 90 miles an hour there's actually a lot of evidence for demonic spirits that seem to be able to transfer from one place on a river to another place on the same river, even if it's a hundred miles away in instant. It's very odd, very unsettling. I'm not sure what to make of it. Um, But if there are these spirits, like we've talked about before, the Nephilim demons, you know, their disembodied spirits are trapped here on this earth, kind of in a middle ground why wouldn't they be able to use geographical elements that emit energy to travel? It to me, it it, it seems at least plausible, hmm. and that they if they can mimic people that we know, then it's possible that people we don't know at their energy, whether their death was horrific or not, can be trapped in these places. I think it really is possible and that certain hauntings are maybe not malicious, but they are used in a malicious manner. Maybe these hauntings are perpetuated in certain places in order to feed this weird convoluted view of the spiritual world that people have. Maybe. That's just, I mean, that's, that, that's, that is a theory. Makes sense though. I don't know. It's, I don't yeah, know. I mean, like, possible. think about it. <clears throat> it's possible like though. The, I, I would hate to think that my spirit could accidentally be trapped in a building. Um, you know, it just happened to have enough limestone and water combinations nearby. If, uh, some shit hit the fan while I was there, you know, that would suck. I don't so think it works exactly like that. That you—that's how you would particularly get st- stuck if you died. Yeah, trust, trust me. I'm not saying it's these people's these people's actual spirits. Right. It's not actually them. It's it's only an imprint. I think at best, um, at worst, it's a mimicry. It's a demon who's placed there or uh, who who just does that. It's a mimicry that's going on. But whatever the case. I don't think it's an actual person that is stuck. No, you know, I don't. Person was faithful. They actually. go to heaven. If they're not, they go to hell. You know, there's that's me. Hmm. Well, there you go. The old Louisiana state capitol in Baton Rouge is pretty cool looking, guys. But yeah, I'm it's pressing. It's definitely... I'm pressing X that it was originally designed to be a state capitol. No, it's a castle looking thing. It's got parapets. And all that really yeah. cool tile work and stuff, and the big arched, that big arched window in the front with the rose window, right, with the rose got, window right in the center, on the top. It's got te- it's got temple like qualities, you mm-hmm. know. It's very mm-hmm. very odd. Well, it's you know it's it's part of what has been known at least when I when I grew up here in the South as you've got this antebellum pre war architecture that's meant to be almost this different world 
from what happened after the Civil War. And that's how it's always been explained. So I think we need to revisit this, quote, antebellum architecture, just as we revisit the, quote, Gothic style. Um, you know, right, the Gothic because- style was supposed to be this amazing triumph over the shortcomings of the Middle Ages, you know, in terms of, of, of ceiling height and all this stuff. Um, but it just, it doesn't make sense. No, none of it does. And the whole, <laughs> like the stories of the antebellum mansions that were, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that were being lived in by Indians when settlers showed up. Right. Right. Okay. Like these are, these are somehow semi accepted stories. So there's a these, lot more. These are the, the same. These are the same Indians who also have a story of an angel coming and telling them of a star in the east that the savior of the world was born 2,000 years ago. And then 33 years later that the savior of the world died, was sacrificed. Like these these natives were hearing stories from across the world. So it's no surprise to me if these natives who told us that giants existed here, that there was a civilization here that built an amazing civilization that you know, we would have been re-inhabiting these buildings. Which is, yeah, which is the theory, you know, that there was somehow a civilization here on this continent that was somehow eliminated and um, it was repopulated, replenished with... Uh, Orphan train babies and the inheritors that we see in all these pictures, all these people in black suits and, you know, the same outfit. Johnny, do we, I don't think we see orphan trains going into the South or are we, are we calling that the reconstruction era? Well, that's the reconstruction era is what's going on down South. Yeah. And the orphan trains went out West. So, so I think we need to look definitely into the reconstruction era, the, um, uh, what's his name? Well, the, the Civil War, the war hero, uh, war hero, uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Mm. Need to look into his presidency, the what they call the Gilded Age, right? Um, right, which is where all these mansions, like what happened in in like Newport, Rhode Island, and um, the Biltmore, the Biltmore, the Vanderbilt, right, the, right, the rise right, of right. the Vanderbilt family, right? Yep, the um, the American oligarchs. Yeah, if if anybody listening, if you if you guys have stuff that would help with that we would very much appreciate it oh yes hit hit us up on telegram please um but i also want to go back and and look at um all that civil war stuff all the civil war footage and photographs and whatever and all the like the the cannonballs and the ridiculous amounts of damage that was done in charleston and and uh was it richmond virginia yeah, but anyways, well, we, we know from around this time over in Europe, you know, we have all these cities that are totally empty and everything. The same exact time, right? Um, that apparently these cities also had electricity, and we don't see any yeah, of those things. It's amazing the the, the shots of of the, of Moscow that were lit up, and then you know, of course, we know about Paris and the Chicago World's Fair, and these are just like ridiculous amounts of electricity being used uh, to light temporary structures that we didn't have the infrastructure to light cities up like that. But we, well, I wonder if any of these structures were haunted too. Sure. I am sure some of them were, and they had to be. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at so on on the website that we've been on for for one of these uh, lists of just haunted places, um, you look for number five, the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium. You see a totally different style of architecture. You see an almost like like Spanish. Yeah, that type. you see you well, see that in St. Augustine. A, they must have won a architecture uh, award. They won you know, the contract. Like the, yes, they won. They, the, yeah, they won the contest. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Is, yeah, it's got to be like a twenty-three-year-old hot new uh, architect from the early nineteen hundreds. Right, without an architectural degree. Just some yeah, b- bootstrapping like, young lad. Yeah, <laughs> right. Bootstrapping like young the lad. Nice, uh, That's a the nice nineteen-year-old Spanish fascist wins the contract. Bootstrapping, bootstrapping young lad is one of my favorite metalcore projects from the the aughts. You know. Yes, I like Devin much better when he plays with <laughs> bootstrapping young lad. It's a terrible name for a band. I always thought that. Yeah, I'm like that's a. Yeah, it's really creepy, and you're a creepy-looking old dude, Devin. Wait, that was that was a band? Strapping Young Lad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a That's Devin weird. Townsend project. Oh, that was like, really? Was, that was like Devin Townsend's main thing for a while, right? Yes. Like, it wasn't just his project. That was his, oh. like, main thing. Well, it, yeah, all the, and then all the other Devin Townsend projects. Right, but he, I always He did all kinds of solo lad. stuff all the time. No, he was yeah. solo artist first, and then he did Strapping Young Lad, and then it was like solo stuff all the time afterwards. And Strapping Young Lad is basically his solo project, anyways, because like it's always he's a different a session, band iteration. He's been a session musician for like thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, is, yeah, he, is he, being a session musician like being on a feedback loop as a ghost? No, he's just a hired it's, musician. It's like being it's like being very talented, and like certain bands will call you in to do a few tracks and stuff like that, but you're not actually in the band. Yeah. And you're not going to tour with them. No, you, you make just, a lot of uh, music for commercials, movies. Yeah, like Frontline Assembly did an album called Hardwired, and they had Devin Townsend come in to do some riffs that they would sample and like uh, add to their tracks. Yeah. I am about he, 95% sure that I found a TV show of Ghost Hunters that did one season and then went online for like a Patreon style thing that was comprised completely of like metalcore and punk rock session musicians. No oh boy. Actually. Like they were <laughs> they were session dudes that discovered that they love ghosts and decided in their off time they were going to go to places like the West uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary. And That's well, hilarious. actually, I'm pretty sure they ended up in, in Louisiana at one point. Was that that Ghost Asylum show? Maybe. Yeah, that might have been so. it. That's... All right. Well, that's... That's, that's terrible <laughs> that's... television. All right. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming to the television. end. It's awful television. Yes. Um, I like the facade of this uh, Shreveport Municipal Auditorium. It's a, it is it's cool, a nice though. facade. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's, it's kind of like Reconquista uh, Spanish. Like I said, you like see a lot of that in St. Augustine. The whole yes, like, like the the police department and that college that's across the street from the police department. All the I same love exactly. St. Augustine. Yeah, my my only city that I enjoy north of like Gainesville. <laughs> 
All right. In Florida. All right. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this one up. There's a whole lot more in New Orleans that we could cover, and we could probably do an entire third hour or at least half hour, but we're not going to. So we may go, well, eventually we might come back and touch on some of these other things. Like we did Ohio and we never touched everything in Ohio. We did Pennsylvania. We didn't cover everything in Pennsylvania. We did Massachusetts. We didn't cover everything in Massachusetts. So I think I have a little bit of prep at least for every single one of those States. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we we've can already return done. to. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. So we're going to get out of here. There will be a creepy pasta following this. Um, go buy our shirts at dissidentapparel.com slash allies slash paranormies. This is a threat. Also go to pilled.net and get your account set up because we're going to start doing the Nationalist Inquirer live on pilled.net from now on on Tuesdays. And then we will be releasing it as a podcast on Wednesday. Um, well, what? Well, for this Tuesday, this coming, uh, April 12th, and we're going to be doing it live, uh, 8.30 p.m. Central, 9.30 Eastern. Um, we'll be on pill.net. You can come hang out with us in chat and uh, check out our Nationalist Acquirer. We will also have a brand new cover for those episodes. It will be released on, what, Wednesday, Johnny? Yes, yes we'll do the... We'll put maybe we'll put the cover up during the during the live stream. And we'll be that. sure to be sure to make your pill.net accounts yes. so you can join in on the stream. Do that. Go to uh, pill.net, set yourself up an account, get yourself a screen name. Um it's not a honeypot, it's nothing like that. It's 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 a free thing you can set up just so you can watch the live streams and comment. And yes. that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, we're we are actually in constant contact with people on the dev team there. Um we are not getting kicked off. <laughs> uh, they are guys who are working, I've been assured, seven days a week um, on their new updates, on making the website better. Uh, you can get it as an app on your phone, on your desktop. Uh, you know, It may be a weird interface now. In April this month, they don't have a date out, but they are going to be putting an update out. Uh, that will make everything look a lot more aesthetically pleasing. Yes, too. it'll look so, nice. It, it it'll be me, easier. It, it took me just a few minutes to make my account. It was not a. It was not an ordeal. You, and trust me, it would it would normally be an ordeal, but yeah. this wasn't. So yeah, if that could happen, it's easy. If a semi ludite, uh, that's right, Kaczynski appreciator like myself can make a pill.net account, you can too. Literally anybody can. All right. Yeah. We're it's gonna, a good platform. Yes. It's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. We're going to get out of here. I, we will see y'all on Pilled on Tuesday. Later. Time travel makes you St. Germain. This gay. This gay. <laughs> All right. When I was very young, I heard fables from our elders. Fables about those who would disappear, just simply vanish when they were out trapping or hunting. Of course, because these were lost and unsecured loved ones, we children assumed the elders embellished these tales. 
They were told at night when the winds came in warm and sweet, changing their direction. Under the cover of darkness and in the range of a roiling campfire. They weren't told as we left camp, like a real reminder of danger, though. Anyway, in these stories, there's always some part where I would jump up as a boy. Not me, I would exclaim and continue. I wouldn't go deeper into the dark marshes. I'd turn and run. Of course, following the stars home. I mean, what is it being lost? That was a strange thought. We all knew our lands very well, and we all knew the Black Marsh was not fruitful to venture. Evil spirits dwelled in those swamps. The bogs and swamps are places so wicked that the water doesn't even sustain life, and the seeds will not bear fruit. The land itself is corrupt, from the inhabitants of which spirits surely exist. How does one get lost in a bog one shouldn't enter? I would flee. That is what I told myself all my days as I grew from a boy to a man. As now day grows itself from dawn to dusk, a fog sustains so great that the heavens no longer remain in sight. I find myself in these dark lands I vowed to never wander into knowingly. Panic takes hold of me as I imagine the sweet, warm winds, the stories I was told all my upbringing, and I am now lost without the stars to guide me. I start to consider myself doomed. I begin to shake as I imagine the conditions of which I will never be recovered from. Perhaps I will slide into a quagmire and be swallowed up by the murky blanket of darkness. Or maybe I will find myself on the end of a giant's fork, inside of a witch's cauldron, or inside the web of a giant spider. A light. By whatever wonders have in store for me, there is a floating light in the fog. Small and delicate, but alive? The light is like a warmth in the darkness all around me. Even though I am trembling with fear and my palms are cold with perspiration, I feel myself able to pull my feet through the swamp towards the entity. It must be here to help me, because it doesn't seem capable of harming me. Perhaps it's one of our lost family members trying to bring me back to their remains. The feeling of dread does not escape me as I advance. The light is guiding me, waiting for me, not but a moment if my foot snags, nor if I lose my bearing. I fall and spring up impossibly fast to continue. I feel scared only of losing the lights. Nothing else matters, and I will perish without them. Lights. More than one. It's beautiful and eerie. There is a colony of these orbs wafting through the night. It is as beautiful to me as it is completely dreadful. As I enter the large defoliated area with the satellite of luminaries... I realize they are no longer moving. They all surround me as a congregation, and I cannot help but feel as though they are expectant upon me. As my eyes lift to meet the lights hovering above my head, I find myself 
mesmerized and nearly distracted from the pair of glowing red eyes set upon me. I scream like I have never screamed before. The enormous Lou wraps its maw around my neck and I feel its teeth rip into my cheeks, into my throat, into my eyeball as it falls away from my face. His huge fangs pierce through my mouth and push my teeth in. His hot breath blows in my mangled face while panting, while his teeth remain clamped down. I hit the water hard, but I remain conscious. The pain and fear are overwhelming. I have imagined death my whole life, but I never imagined what it would be like to be eaten alive. I lay broken, shaken violently as the monster starts to pull apart my bowels, helpless and horrified horrified at how long this meal will last. The congregation of lights above me hums and swells with delight. As convulsions continue, a dance of discordance in my agony, I realize the most important part of the stories that was always missing. Do not follow the lights. (laughs) 